doing that, I was face to face with it. It was holding me by my throat. And it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's, there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages. And at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old. And at that point, it'll like religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person. I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy-looking being. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. So, Jake, let's go back to, I believe it was August of 2020. You were up yeah. in the 
up in the Petoskey area of Michigan. Yep. Why don't you uh, Why don't you tell us what you were What you were doing up there and and walk us into what happened. So we were up there to do a uh, drilling project for work that um, we ended up having to go pretty deep into the woods in the middle of Petoskey. And uh, we weren't able to get our drill rigs in because the woods were so dense. So we ended up having to do everything by hand. And on the first day while we were out there, the <clears throat> while my helpers were drilling and I was doing all the paperwork, um, a tree got pushed over onto us. Like the, the tips of the tree actually hit me. Um, and we all kind of stopped and looked around and we were just like, Oh, that was weird. Uh, cause you know, how often do you hear a tree fall and then also <clears throat> fall near enough to you that it actually hits you? How, uh, how big of a tree was this? I mean, uh, it, it was pretty big. I'd say maybe like eight to 12 inches in diameter. Definitely a grown tree. Now, uh, now you're a geologist. Yeah. And and that's why you were, you were on this property. Um, right. Uh, a large, uh, three lettered camping campground, um, in that area was looking to expand their, their camping sites. Right. Yeah. So what was, what was the weather like while you were up there? And I guess the point I'm getting at is, you know, was the, was the ground super, super soaked and wet? You know, I mean, I mean uh, as far as the weather goes, it was just a clear, normal, hot day. Um, but we were back in a, it was kind of swampy, I would say. Like, uh, from what I understood, they ended up rerouting a creek um, to avoid some things. And it ended up sort of flooding that area. So it was, it was pretty swampy. I mean, back there, it wasn't like where we were. It wasn't standing water on the ground, but it was pretty mushy. But that was a pretty sizable tree. You ended up sending me a photograph of it. Yeah. And it had a considerable root ball on it. And it looked, to me at least from the the picture, from the couple of pictures that you sent, it looked like it was probably close to the neighborhood of 18 to 20 feet tall. Yeah, it was it was a big tree. Was there any, any noises associated with this thing getting pushed over? Or was it just a... Uh, other than just the tree falling... No. Um, and what, I mean, what was what was the perspective of you? There were three of you there, correct? Yeah. What I mean, what was the conversation at that point? Uh, my two helpers were kind of just like, "Oh, that was weird," and kept working, and I was just sort of like, "That was that was strange." And so while they were working, I walked around to look to just because it is something I'm interested in. So I, I walked around just to see if there were any like footprints or anything or where you could see around like the base of where the tree was. But I couldn't see anything like that. Now, the unfortunate part of growing up, my son, is you've been subjected to these kind of topics throughout your all your growing up. <laughs> yeah, it's spending my whole life a very scared child. <laughs> so, um, you know, you, you run the, I guess you run the risk, especially when you started, when you started relaying the story to me, 
I think I even said to you, um, I know you're not the kind that would be pulling my chain on this, but you're putting you're putting X's in in, <coughs> in a lot of boxes for me here that would point you in a specific direction towards towards this topic. Right. And uh, but again, I fall back on the fact that you don't you're not generally the type of person that would screw with me on this on this topic. And uh, it, it it had me a little flustered. I have to admit that uh, after, you know, you saying that you literally were touched by this tree that was pushed over, that's a close call. Yeah. So back to your story. Um, from from the point that the tree fell over, you, you did your borings at that point, and, and what happened then? Yeah, so from there, um, we were walking to our next location, which unfortunately was, you know, a good three, 400 feet away through some really thick swampy woods. So, it, you know, we were just kind of moving along at a steady pace, but not fast at all. And about, I think like probably halfway to the next location we needed to be at, um, we heard like, uh, like muffled, like a woman talking, but, uh, it, you know, you couldn't make it out or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And my coworker even was like, do you hear that? Like, is your phone, like he thought that like Siri got pressed in my pocket or something. And that's what we were hearing. But it was clearly a sound that was like off in the distance and not, not coming from my pocket. And I also looked at my phone and my phone wasn't, wasn't on or doing that. Do you have any idea about how close you were to, um, you know, a, pl- a populated area? I mean, the obviously this was going to be an expansion of the campground. Was there were there campgrounds yeah. near? So the way I think, if I remember right, we were walking north, um, and so to the west was the campground, and then this was coming from the east, which was. I mean, there was, I mean, it wasn't miles of forest or anything, but there was a pretty substantial area where there was nothing around. Right. So you, you sent me a, you sent me a screenshot, I think of, uh, from Google earth and, uh, you basically drew a straight line, which is the, the direction you were traveling to do these borings. And then you color coded each of the three spots that you had some kind of weird experience at, and, right. and I do remember looking at that photograph. And I think I'll probably even add that photo um, to the Instagram and Facebook page so you guys can see it, the. It's a pretty vast amount of wooded area that he's talking about off to that uh, off to the west side or the east side. Um, so from there. You know, we just kind of shook it off and kept moving uh, because we had a ton of work to do that was supposed to go quickly, but we ended up having to do it by hand. So it took substantially longer. Let me interrupt you for a second. After after having the tree pushed over and everybody saying that was weird, and then then you hear the muffled voices, at, at this point, where's your head at? Um, I mean, I definitely am starting to think that it's odd, but I'm still like in work mode basically where I'm like, that was weird. Okay. But we got to keep moving, um, to get this done. 
Um, but I definitely at this point was starting to, you know, starting to let my thoughts run wild of like, Oh man, what if it is Bigfoot or something like that? Yeah. All right. So you're making your way to the, the final location then. Yep. And so when we get there, we get set up and we start, they start doing the, the handwork and I'm doing the paperwork again. And, uh, then from the direction where the tree fell, um, we could hear like something had maybe grabbed the tree or some, I, whatever happened, the, some, the brush was going absolutely ridiculous. Like the only thing I could picture in my head was that someone or something was grabbing a hold of a tree and just shaking it violently. Um, it was really loud and, you know, all of us stopped and they were like, what, you know, what's going on? And someone had made a, a Bigfoot joke and, Oh, really? um, Yeah. And, uh, but you know, nothing more than that. But I, so at that point I was kind of like trying to stay a little more alert about it. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was after that, we didn't have anything else with, you know, the rest of that day or the next day. Did you even at, at the end of that day, you even, uh, you even positioned some of your equipment, uh, leaning up against your, the rig that you couldn't get back there just to see mm-hmm. if anything got moved or, or messed with and nothing had been right. Yeah. And we were working in the woods off of a clear cut area. So I was also like, you know, just trying to look in the dirt to see if there was any footprints or anything, but I never found anything like that. Three very unusual aspects to that though. I mean, they're, they're found very commonly in a lot of experiences. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it definitely was strange. Um, yeah. I mean, who knows what it was, but when you put all of it together, it definitely is definitely was strange. Other than, other than maybe possibly being a little nerved out because of what you knew prior to prior to this, um, was there any other odd, were you you getting any kind of weird feels out in the, in the woods or that, you know, something wasn't quite right or, was it no. just more your, um, no, just your just, knowledge on the topic? Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, I wasn't feeling any sort of uncomfortableness. To not, no pun intended, but yeah, um, it just felt like you know something was going on, and I was at work and needed to get done. Did you ever have a a conversation with the other two drillers that were there uh, after all this took place? Um, I tried to bring it up sort of casually at the risk of sounding insane for talking about Bigfoot, but um, no one really had any further thought about it. They were just kind of like, yeah, that did happen. It's a, it's an unusual, it's definitely an unusual story. Um, You know, and there's one other person that you and I both know personally that uh, used to live up in Petoskey and, and hunted in woods very close to where you were at. And uh, he'd been up there for, I think, four years, maybe possibly f- this might have been his fifth year living up there. And uh, he he's one of those kind, when you start talking about this topic, he kind of rolls his eyes and 
but but yet he'll kind of engage you a little bit, you know. So it's always kind of I always figured he he had some belief in this, but he just would roll his eyes to make jokes about it. And right. uh, he said he was in a he was in a deer stand and he had something scream from behind him that was enough that it made him made him get down his uh his uh deer stand and bug out. He he wasn't he wasn't gonna stick around. And that was actually I showed him the uh the Google Earth map that you had sent me and uh he said it was less than a quarter of a mile away from where you were at. Oh, interesting. So, you know, it's always nice to have some kind of other, other story completely unrelated that, that falls in line with the area that you were in. Yeah. I don't think you've ever told me that. So did you ponder this thing? the whole set of instances did you ponder that for a while and you know did you kind of waver back and forth was uh, it was bullshit or no uh, you know what i mean what happened definitely happened but other as far as trying to figure out what it was i mean i just don't have enough information to say one way or another it was it was definitely weird but um you know all i have is the you know collection of maybe 15 seconds worth of things happening over the course of a day and they were definitely strange but uh, no idea what caused it but it is interesting that it lines up with what a lot of people report in bigfoot sightings yeah very very similar okay so on to wellston wellston is a town um, very near the Huron Manistee National Forest, smack dab in the middle of Michigan. And it's a place that I've been a couple of times, a uh, kayak trip, um, had a couple of odd experiences there myself. And you guys decide to go take a weekend and get yourself an Airbnb there in the, in the Huron Manistee National Forest. Yep. Yeah, a small cabin in uh, Wellston, Michigan, right near uh, Dublin, Michigan. And the Tippy Dam, I guess, is another pretty big marker up there. Mm-hmm. So go go into this. What, you know, tell us when you got there and and when uh, when things started to. Uh get weird (laughs) um so the first night we got there uh friday night pretty late definitely was dark out i think we maybe got there at like eight or nine um and we were taking our dogs out just walking them around because we'd been in the car for like two and a half hours and uh after a little while um we heard a, a really loud branch snap not too far off from the cabin, um, which, you know, I mean, I've been in the woods a lot, which that's not an uncommon thing, but I started to just get a really bad feeling. And, uh, I ended up saying like, you know, this doesn't feel right. We should just take the dogs inside. Um, 
because it sounded like it maybe was just inside the tree line, mm-hmm. and it just felt strange that, uh, you know, if it was a, a deer or something, you would hear it walking around prior to snapping a big branch, and I don't know, it just ended up not really something I can put into words, but I just ended up getting a very uncomfortable feeling and getting us all to go inside. Um, yeah. And there's like the cabin faces like a little dirt road and there's a few other like mobile homes around there. And then basically behind the cabin and on the side of the cabin, that's where it's like more wooded. Like you could actually go hiking back there a little bit. Mm -hmm. So it definitely came from like kind of more in the back of it. Yeah. What about you, Chelsea? Did you get a, a a bad feeling about where you were at? No, not that time. I was just excited to be out of the car. I think I was (laughs) goofing around (laughs) and Jake got freaked out. So I was like, Oh, okay. So you head back to the cabin? Yep. Yeah, I mean we're we're walking the dogs probably twenty feet from the cabin, so it just um we just decided to go back inside, call it night. Oh, you were that close to the cabin when you heard that? Yeah, but I mean the wood the wood line is probably fifty feet from the cabin maybe behind it, so it's it's pretty close to the woods. I got you. I guess I was under the impression you had gone down a trail or something like that. No, no. we It was like pitch black when we got there, and we were pretty ill-equipped in terms of flashlights or anything like that, so we kind of were just staying in the uh, the floodlight range. Um, but the second night is where stuff got really weird. Um, so I guess Chelsea can start that. Yeah, so the second night... We were just hanging out, watching movies, and Jake went to the bathroom. And when he was going back to the bathroom, I heard a really loud, like, bang on, like, I don't know, the front, like, right almost corner of the cabin. And both the dogs turned around to look at it, too. So, of course, when he got back from the bathroom, I was like, did you hear that? Yeah, and I, the cabin was very small, and I thought when I opened the door to the bathroom, I ended up hitting it on the counter with the sink mm-hmm. um, when I heard the bang, and then I realized I didn't do that. And so I was like, yeah, what was that? And when I got back, Chelsea was uh, really freaked out. <clears throat> I didn't hear it as loud, so I wasn't really like sure what was going on. Um, but the dogs definitely were like on alert. Um so yeah. essentially you're saying you heard something slam up against the side of the, the A-frame. Yeah, either that or, I mean, it's possible that it was a rock, uh, like, thrown at the cabin or something like that. But in the morning, we walked around to look, and nothing seemed out of place. It seemed, I mean, there was some landscaping around the cabin, um, like some rocks and stuff. But the angle of the roof, if something hit it that hard, there's no way it would have just fallen straight down yeah. and landed into the yeah i think i was more of just scared because of how loud it was so i was like what would why (laughs) yeah i mean it shook the cabin really yeah it was loud 
you know, I, I know we've had a couple of conversations about what happened that night and, and mm-hmm. I was actually on the phone with you through some of it. Um, but we've never really had a good chance to like hear both of your, both of your accounts together. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you, know, you hear about cabin being slapped on the side or pounded on the side or houses even, um, pretty frequently in, in reports. Right. So you said the dogs were on alert. Did they, did they kind of, did they stay on alert? I mean, was it something that they were aware of that held no. your attention or? No, they, I mean, they definitely like heard the noise, jumped up and looked at it, but it wasn't like they were, you know, scared after that or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Deacon's a barker, so he didn't he didn't even bark or anything. But um but then um sometime after that, uh I there's a, a front porch on the cabin and I was telling Chelsea that I wanted to just go stand out on the porch a little bit and just listen to see if we'd hear anything or anything like that. Um and at the time we thought they were motion lights. Uh, we found out later that they weren't, which makes things maybe more weird. Definitely. Not entirely. Yeah. uh, So I walked out or I was going to walk out and I opened the door and the light came on. And so I was kind of like, Oh, that was weird. Cause you know, I was standing at the door. I didn't see anything. And, uh, I just got that bad feeling again. And, like immediately 180 into no, I'm not going outside. Like that's <laughs> like, but it wasn't like a, you know, like a ooh, like haunted house scared. It was like a a feeling of like actual danger or something yeah. like that. It just felt, I just felt really uneasy. Um, not the kind of uneasy of like, you know, just go walk into the woods at night. More of like a a substantial sense of fear yeah um and so we from there we ended up just sitting back down and just watching more movies whatever and um the light outside that we thought was a motion light um was just flipping on and off over and over again like every couple minutes or um kind of really no rhyme or reason to it it just was coming on and off pretty frequently. Um, and that's when Chelsea ended up getting up to go look out the window. And you can... Yeah. So I got up to go like, see if I could see, I don't know, whatever was out there, which I was kind of freaked out anyways, but I was like, well, I guess I should go see if I can see like a deer or something to feel better. And so when I just cracked open the blinds to, like, look through, I saw what looked like two, like, reflective eyes. And that was creepy because they seemed pretty high up compared to, like, this tree that was to the left of where I was looking. Mm -hmm. It was like a... it was a pretty grown pine tree and it was probably like five branches up. And I just thought 
Well, maybe it's farther back. And so it seems like it's high up, but it's actually like on a ridge or something. So, yeah, then I closed the blinds and basically we just kind of started every time the light came on, we would look out the blinds to see if we could see these like reflective eyes. And so finally I got Jake to look out the window with me because I was like, are my contacts messed up? Like what is going on? Yeah. And I, I didn't bring my glasses on the trip, which was uh, very frustrating because I need them at night. And so I was having a hard time seeing what she was talking about, Mm -hmm. but then I was able to see it. And I mean, it, it definitely was there. And just from the little bit of time we had seen the cabin um, from the outside, because we were out doing stuff during the day, um, it was in front of the pine trees. Like, you could tell it was in front of the pine trees, because if it was behind it, we wouldn't have seen it as clearly or maybe seen it at all. Um, So it put it with, I would say, maybe 50, 60 feet from the cabin, the opposite direction of the woods, which is also strange. Uh, they would have been, it would have been closer to like the houses. Oh yeah. Yeah. So there's like that dirt road and then behind the dirt road is like a line of pine trees. So we're trying to figure out the whole time if we're seeing like a light from a house or something like that. But as we, as we kind of, we just essentially got to where we were just doing nothing but watching it. And, uh, as the light would come on and off, um, it would be there sometimes and it wouldn't other times. Um, but we never saw it with the light off, which leads us to think that it was a reflection from something. Mm -hmm. Um, but then sometimes the light would turn on and it wouldn't be there. Um, but this is outside the range of the floodlight. So it's not like we could see what was producing it, but we could definitely see the reflection from it. That's very, that's very odd. And, you know, to add, to add to the weirdness, um, I don't remember at what point you started calling me and the cell service up there is really spotty. So, you know, there would be times where he had signal and he would get through to me, but, on multiple occasions during during these phone calls, when your lights on your porch were doing the what you supposed to be a um, coming on and off with a, a sensor, um, it it cor- corresponded immediately with dropping the phone call. When you would tell me, "Oh, the lights came on again." Your, your voice would get very metallic and boom, we drop the call. Right. And then every time I would try to call you, it would go straight to voicemail. Like there was no signal to get to you. And then I would have to wait. And a couple of minutes later, you'd call me back and we'd have a couple of minutes of conversation and you were describing all these things to me. And you know, I, I'm not getting, uh, I'm not getting panicked for you, but you know, it's, 
parent always wants to make sure their kid is safe, you know, whether they're 25 or 65 years old. And the fact that it wasn't on a sensor would lead one to believe that either there's a, a an electrical malfunction, either a short in the wires or something, or there was something else going on. And, right. and I think we proved, at least to you and I and, and Chelsea, that it corresponded immediately with the dropping of the phone calls. Yeah, the, the timing was definitely strange. Yeah, it was. It went on for probably an hour, I think, I would say. Um, seeing the eyes and then not, and then seeing them again, and the lights coming on and off. And I mean, they basically they ended up doing it all night. Um, but, you know, at a point, we just stopped looking out the window because nothing really was changing, but it was starting to get kind of intense, just mm-hmm. starting to not feel not feel great about it being somewhere with no cell phone service and you know none of the houses around even had floodlights or anything and we i think we saw one gate one guy up there the entire time we were there and you even mentioned on one of the phone calls i think the first thing that came out of your mouth was i said how you doing and you you told me morale was in the shitter (laughs) (laughs) and i was like Wow, what what the heck's going on? You know, I thought maybe you guys had gotten in an argument or something, and no, it was uh, it was just some weirdness going on up there. Yeah, it was very strange. And it you you took some pictures the next morning of of the same area that you were seeing the ice shine in, right? And honestly, I mean, yeah, there's pine trees there, but where you circled where you were seeing these reflections in. That was a that was a pretty good ways up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they it was either something very tall or something in the tree whose eyes were very far apart. <laughs> yeah. I think we said it was two one-eyed raccoons at one point. <laughs> so so it was very obvious that the the eyes were set pretty far apart. Yeah. And I think that makes more sense than when I thought that it was farther away from us. Because if it had been farther away with its eyes that far apart, it would have just been weird. So you that wasn't the end of the experiences, though. At, at some point during that night, Chelsea, was it you that uh, discovered the, the cabin log, the guest sign-in book? Yeah, I was reading through it, and uh, somebody had wrote in it, um, something to the effect of uh, Bigfoot made their presence known, no sightings, but they're definitely out here. That kind of had to seal it for you at some point, didn't it? Uh, I mean, it definitely is odd. I mean, you know, I always take it with a grain just because I don't know who wrote it and, you know, maybe it was a joke or, Mm. um, but definitely is when you're considering all the parts of it, it's definitely strange. And wasn't there something as well as uh, a couple of pages before that, something about uh, observing UFOs? Yeah, they said it was a a great place to see UFOs. Not that I'm trying to draw a correlation between UFOs and Bigfoot, (laughs) because I don't buy that shit at all. But just that this place is so remote that, you know, there there isn't a lot of light in that area, and it is a good area to to view the sky as well. 
yeah, there's there's nothing out there. So having, yeah. having had some time to think about all the things that happened there. One more thing. the In the morning, um, I woke up to somebody pounding on the front door. Um, it's a very small cabin. It took maybe 10 seconds to get to the door. And uh, I saw nothing at all. Um, you know, no tracks in the grass or anything because it's really cold and frosty and you can see that in the grass. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I went to tell Chelsea that there was no one there and that it was strange, something then pounded on the back door, which is like a glass sliding door. Um, And, you know, I went back to look and there was still nothing. Um, I mean, that was the end of that, though. There was, I mean, the dogs reacted to it. They, you know, they started barking like when you knock on a door and, and they go crazy. And what, t- come. what time was this? Probably like 8 or 9 a.m. Oh, so it, it was daylight already. Yes. That's odd. Yeah, it was really strange. I mean, there was no mistaking. And both of you heard the door knocking. It was. Yeah, I mean, the dogs even were barking and running towards the door because, you know, they just, they bark when people knock on your door, but. Yeah, Deacon always barks when someone's at the door, so it it was like he thought someone was was out there. Yeah. How weird. I mean, there was nothing weird about it until I opened, like, it just sounded like somebody knocking at the door. Um, the weird part was that there was no one there. And then it also happened on the back door. How much time between the two, the front and the back door? Less than a minute. Really? Yeah. So having had time to kind of process all this, what been, what, maybe four weeks, three weeks, four weeks since you've been up there? Something like that. Where are you guys at on, on what happened? Honestly, I don't even know. I think it was it was extremely weird, um, but it's the same sort of situation where um, we didn't see anything other than the eyes. Um, so it's hard to say, you know, what was going on. But <laughs> what was going on definitely was out of the norm, and I've never experienced anything like that. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way about it. Um, I think after we went outside the next morning and like tried to look around for reasonable answers to like the knocking and whatever hit the side of the cabin and we didn't find anything. I mean, it was just weird. And I did go across the road to see if I could see footprints or something and I didn't see any but I didn't want to go into their yard because you never know up there right now you, uh, you actually contacted the Airbnb uh, management about that yeah. light that was on the porch to find out for sure whether or not that was a um, an automatic light or not right yeah I asked him one if anybody had heard anything weird like knocking or something out there and two I just said 
hey, is the front light a motion light? Because it was going on and off. And he said, basically, no, he hadn't heard anything like that. But he would get the neighbors to keep an eye out. And two, that no, it wasn't a motion light. He used to have one, but it would kind of drive guests crazy because of the deer or something. Mm-hmm. It would be turning on and off a lot. So, yeah, he's, he said he was going to fix it. So I guess we'll find out. Well, you know, it, all the things when you take into consideration all the strangeness that was going on to me, one of the, the more impactful things was, and I guess it was part partially because I was in, uh, like somewhat involved with, you know, being on the other end of the phone call when the light would come on and then the voice, my son's voice would get very metallic sounding and then the call would drop and it was, it was at the point it had happened so many times. It was at the point that, Jake would say, oh, shit, the light's back on again. And then almost immediately his voice would get tinny sounding and then we'd drop the call. And, you know, this it gets a little more into the the woo aspects of uh, Bigfootery. But, you know, and I don't I don't know how much I buy into all of that. But, you know, there's a lot of reports that electronics get kind of buggy when these things are around as well. And I would assume that electrical wouldn't be any different. Right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I definitely, <laughs> I don't know. I was really scared. So it, uh, I don't know. I've been in the woods a lot and stayed in cabins a lot and nothing weird like that has ever happened. So it was not a good feeling. And though I wish that we had gone out when it was there to, like, shine a light at it or something to see if we could have seen something, but definitely way too scared at that point to do a lot of investigating. Well, and you had no form of protection. I assume you weren't carrying, (laughs) neither one of you were carrying a gun. No. I was fairly interested in the fact that you said you guys are going back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It should be interesting. I mean, this time we're obviously have a little more of a purpose. And what do you, than, what do you, what do you plan on doing to, uh, as far as what are you going to pack to take on this next trip? Uh, definitely flashlights, uh, and my glasses. <laughs> um, but other than that, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I kind of want to see if the, I don't know, and it's in January too, so like who knows whether anything would happen again in winter. Right. But um, I don't know, maybe if there's snow or something, we could more easily see if something had been around the cabin. Track-wise, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, and even see if, well, so this guy said he's going to fix the light. So we'll see if that stuff happens again, for yeah. sure. 
it'd be interesting to know prior to you getting there whether he had actually fixed the light or not. Right. You know, and the other thing you, you mentioned, you know, snow on the ground, especially when there's a moon out, um, snow casts a, a quite a bit of light. Yeah, it'd be much brighter. It'll be much brighter, and if you're if you're dealing with something that would have a large dark silhouette, it would certainly seem that it would be easier to see. Um, right. With all that white behind it. Yeah. So. Hopefully, I don't know if hopefully is the right, the right word, really. I was really scared. I think I almost cried at one point, but... Maybe part two. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully not. Maybe we'll find out more. So honestly, or, honestly, when, you know, with thoughts of going back a second time, do you, do you honestly hope to have another experience or would you be for perfectly happy with just having an uneventful weekend of rest and relaxation. I think honestly, I would rather not have something happen just because I have to work in remote woods, uh, alone a lot. And, uh, I think if something being confirmed like that, uh, could definitely make it harder to do my job. Chelsea, what about you? I kind of feel different, like, I kind of feel differently about it. I was really scared at the time, but then ever since we got back, I've been like, well, I wish I had answers. So, I mean, I kind of want to know more, whether it be like, oh, I see a Sasquatch or, yeah, there's a lot of deer around there and maybe somebody's antler hit the... (laughs) cabin i don't know but i've been kicking myself for not not shining a light on it to be honest well you know the 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 screwy thing about listening to accounts you know you hear so many that are um terrifying accounts where where it's not a good experience and then you hear the other side of the coin where, you know, they're perfectly mundane and they just see you and they turn around and they walk away and there's no big, uh, PTSD associated with the encounter at all. Um, but you know, there's a lot of people that make shit up too. So, you know, when you listen to these different accounts and you watch these different documentaries and you, you kind of have to weed through a lot of bullshit to get to the ones that really speak to you and you know if your gut feels that somebody's being truthful you know it's it's a hard it's a hard one to determine whether or not that experience is going to play out in a positive light or a negative light right yeah definitely a strange night and apparently it stayed with you I mean, it's not something that you've just been able to walk away from and forget about. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, I've never had anything like that happen. So definitely uh, been thinking about it a lot. Yeah, we've talked about it a few times since then too, just to be like, that we just freak each other out? <laughs> like, you know, and 
Well, that's why I was hesitant to do something like this because I wanted to take the time to make sure that it actually happened and that I was remembering things consistently and not, not that we just hyped each other up into a mass hysteria, like <laughs> shared hallucination or something. Right. And I think that was good of you. Uh, you know, I, at first I, I really wanted to record with you and you know, you, you told me that and I was like, well, you know, I can appreciate that. And, and I think, it adds some validity to just how weird everything was, you know, again, it might be a misnomer to, to say this is Sasquatch or Bigfoot related. Um, but when all the, when all everything lines up with and is consistent with other reports, you know, what Occam's razor is what, whatever seems to be the most logical thing. Right. And now have, if you had not been my son and grown up with, you know, every weekend being filled with me watching these documentaries and shows, do you think, do you think you would have been able to look, look past the events that happened over that weekend not being not being informed of on that subject i mean it would definitely still be strange i mean i think i would probably go into thinking it maybe was a like a crazy woods person messing with us or something but you know it still leaves the the eye shine as a big question mark yeah the eyes really freaked me out that's what I've been thinking about a lot. And then you actually found on, uh, what was it, on TikTok? I think so. Found a, a brief video image that you said was probably about as accurate as you could come up with as far as what you guys saw out that window. Yeah, I mean, what we saw was stationary and that video, the whatever is in it is moving. But mm. whether or not the video is real or fake or whatever, um, the eye shine is basically exactly what we saw. And it was interesting because you sent me the pictures the next morning of that tree that you saw the eye shine was um, beside. And that that was a fairly decent, what did you say, 60, 60 feet away from the cabin? Something like that, I would say, yeah. You know, that's not that far of a distance away. No. It's interesting. Well, I hope you uh I hope you take enough uh, equipment with you. Uh when you go back up there to uh maybe I'll have to give you one of my camcorders. Yeah, just let me borrow your credit card. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you already got a good camera. So Yeah. You know, I would definitely take that, and it takes a sufficient lighting as well. Right. And uh, you might actually want to take that uh, that other little friend of mine from. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be on the safe side. Yeah. Well, guys, I want to thank you. I appreciate doing this with me. 
Yeah, thanks for having us. It's a very weird thing, so it's good to talk about it. It is. It is. Honestly, it's, it is really weird, you know, and I mean, I've heard other stories that are just as compelling and just as, uh, just as strange as, as this one. And not every description has to end with, and it stepped out from behind a tree and we saw it. Um, in fact, I think some of the more compelling stories are of the peripheral accounts of possibly being around these things. And, you know, yeah. people would say I jump to, jump to. Oh, it's Bigfoot, and eh, maybe I do, but I do put some some thought behind a lot of things. And right, yeah. I mean, I agree. I think, and I think too. Sometimes when people get a little too into Bigfoot, and everything's Bigfoot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I mean, like, if you ask if it has to be yes or no, was that a Bigfoot, like, experience, I would say no, because we don't have enough information to say yes. Yeah, and I think that's, I think, I think that's how you have to answer that. You know, especially somebody being in a more scientific mindset, such as yourself. But if you were, yeah. to, if you were, if somebody was to ask you to answer that in an emotional um, context, how would you answer it? I don't know. I I would say that it didn't a lot. And none of it made any sense, and it was definitely freaky. <laughs> would be my answer. All right, guys. Thank you very much. I appreciate you being on here. Yeah, thank you. If you have any more experiences up there, you got to let us know. Oh yeah. All right. Have a good night. You too. You too. I want to hear your story. I want to hear your experience. So email me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, then leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Share the show with your friends. Share the show on social media. Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. All at Uncomfortable Podcast. And until next week, my friends, stay uncomfortable.